Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and catch your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. The hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, my friends, today I was preparing to give a show, and um, you know, whenever I prep for a show, what I usually do is I have an idea or two, or somebody sends me an idea or two, and then I do a little research on the idea to see, you know, what background information we could bring to bear on my thoughts. Um, to expand the idea a little further than what I can come up with. And what happened today was, something happens quite often, actually, was that I started looking at information to expand an idea of uh, a theory, and I went totally off track. It just like, my brain blew up, and I realized, man, this is just some crazy, crazy, crazy thoughts. And so I've set... I've, I've marked down a few ideas that I wanted to cover today, and I'm very hopeful for you all that I can articulate some type of a message today that makes sense. Each and every idea I wrote down in and of itself, I think, is massively important to the success and level of success that I've had in life. And I also believe they are directly related to the lack of success I've had in life. Which is really strange that that information which can save you is also the information that defines why you haven't done what you wanted to do. So I'm going to start the premise off today with the concept of why don't we do better in life than what we do? And... As I got into that, I started thinking about, okay, here's all these self-help theories and, you know, go do this, go do that, succeed, succeed, succeed. You know, money, 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 money. How do you measure success? And then I realized, wow, a brain like mine doesn't go there. It just can't. Because I'm the Libra. If you, anybody knows what Libra is, uh, that's the, the sign that has the scales, And I believe everything should be balanced in life. That's what Libras try to do. We try to balance ourselves out. Now, that's very problematic for being successful because success doesn't work at level. Level doesn't make you number one. You can't be number one and be level. Why? Well, that's one of the theories I want to start out with and There's so much I want to say, I can't get it all in. And so I'm going to babble a little bit. And I apologize for you because sometimes just babbling is the only way stuff can get out. Right? It can drizzle out or I can spew it out, but it's got to come out in some form. So let's talk about a couple of theories that are really important. Let's start with this one. You can have anything you want in life, but you cannot have everything in life. God has given you the resources. 
in the universe. God has given you the mental ability, the educational ability to learn whatever you need to learn, to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish and have whatever you want to have. But you can't have it all. So, well, why not, Dell? Why can't I have it all? Because there's not enough time in the day to have it all. Even to this day, being retired, working one hour a day doing a radio show, which means I have another 23 hours a day to do whatever the heck I want to do. I can't get everything yet I want to do. I've got three or four hobbies that are suffering that are not getting completed. And that's okay to me because a hobby is this, that. It's something you do on the side. And when you have the time, free time, you bury yourself in that instead of starting a new project and burying yourself in something new. Although the problem with those things is that it's a tendency for type A personalities to bury themselves in the next project instead of completing the one they've already started. So I have a split personality. I have a type B personality that doesn't want to do anything and a type A personality that wants to start things but not finish them. Wow, that's really a crazy combination of mental approaches to life. And I realized that I had this schizophrenic approach to life later on in my life. Early on, I was a type B. I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to go very slowly and carefully about everything I did and make sure I didn't make any mistakes. Rule one, my three rules of life is don't ever lose money. So in other words, don't ever go backwards. Don't ever lose money. Don't ever lose your job. Don't ever lose your health. And that is a going away from kind of personality. What does that mean? It means I live my life avoiding pain. Type A personalities on the other side live their life accumulating pleasure. And so they're chasers in life. They chase that pleasure. And Bs do things to avoid the pain. So if you save a lot of money, you're avoiding the pain of failure and being broke. But you never have the pleasure of all the things money can buy. If you go out there and enjoy money, you're going to use that money, and eventually you'll be broke. Uh, In most cases, type A personalities eventually have some kind of money problems because they realize money is like blood. It has to flow for them to live. It's got to go. Got to have more, right? So just this in and of itself now defines the fact that within a person, you are being torn apart by two different psychological draws, one that wants you to live safely and so commonly. So why do I say commonly? Because that's the common theory. Go to school, get a job, get married, have kids, get a house, go to work, work for 30 years, get a retirement plan, 401k, Social Security, live a few more years, play some golf, travel once or twice and die. That's it. That's your life. And I mean, you can map that, folks. You can map it almost perfectly in many people's lives. As I bring people on for the last 20 years on the radio and 30 years that I've been consulting people, I can just look at their life and map it. There it is. Now, some people are crazy. Some people's lives go, woo, bang. And they're just living life crazy. But most people don't. So now we get back, and again, you see where I'm going all over the place is because you just have to. How, why don't we live up to our expectations? Why don't we live a better life? Well, for one, we can't define what a better life is. We can go touch and have everything. You can have a little taste of this, a little taste of that. 
And for some people, a little taste of anything and everything is really a better life. But can that ever be defined? Can you put that down on a graph and show success? Maybe if you say, well, I've traveled to 142 different countries. That's my goal in life is to hit 100 countries, you know. Uh, maybe you could define it that way. You give that some kind of success. But if you're not a traveler and an accumulator of travel, traveling here and there really means nothing. I've been to many places, many countries. You go, you go, boy, it's beautiful. Wow. Can I go home? So what is good? How do you define good? And it leads me to the next point that my dad taught me. And my dad's taught me some really important points in life, although my dad was never financially successful. He said, you don't own things. Things own you. Now, think about that for a second. When I had physical fitness, when I was a bodybuilder, I didn't own a physically fit body, a perfect chiseled uh, Grecian looking male specimen. I didn't own that. It owned me. What do I mean by that? I had to work out an hour or two a day, five, six days a week. I couldn't eat. I had to eat a certain way. I had to drink a certain way. I had limitations. It took up my time. It took up my finances to buy the stuff that I needed to be able to eat and drink and train the way I needed to. And the supplements, it owned my life. And at about 34 years of age, I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to be a competitive athlete anymore. I can't do this. Why? Because I have no life. And I realized that. I had no life. When I was working 12 hours a day, six days a week for corporate America, I was very successful in my own mind, by the way, as a business person. I did well in the company I worked at, but I had no life. And one day I woke up and said, I can't do this anymore. Why? I have no life. And that's when I started investing in real estate and creating passive streams of income to be able to buy my way out of corporate America. Because it was, it was at that point. And Tony Robbins says something that's a pretty interesting statement. He's got a lot of really good statements. One of them is, um, nothing changes till the pain of change becomes less than the pain of staying the same. And when the pain of staying the same becomes large, when you realize you don't have a life, Boom. When you realize you're going to lose your wife, boom. When you realize you don't have any physical fitness and you're going to lose your life, boom. That's when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change and you will make a change. So we can't have everything in life. Have you ever seen one of the magicians where they take a pool sticks and they put plates on them and spit them? And they work at trying to get the most number of plates they can up, and they have to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Does that guy have a life? He doesn't have a life. If he were to maintain those five plates spinning at all times, would he be successful? Very successful as a plate spinner, very successful as a human being. But he'd have no life. It's only by realizing you've got to put the plates down that you can never succeed at something else. And so the definition, the very definition of why don't we do better than we do is a ridiculous concept when I thought about it because we do what we can do. So what's the difference? My dad used the statement to say, 
it's not what it costs to obtain things. It's what it costs to maintain things. So I can go get myself a beautiful wife, but by God, I'll tell you what, I thought it was a lot dating her. Being married to her, oh my God, unbelievably expensive to be married to a woman with the taste that my wife has. Unbelievably expensive. I mean, I could have 20 girls easily, all of them thinking they're getting overspent on. But that's what it is. It costs more to maintain them. Once they own you, they are much more demanding. I got a giant home. I mean, I stole the home. I bought it for 50 cents on the dollar from a guy going broke. It's incredible home. But my God, the cost. There's a landscaping crew. There's a tree trimming crew. There's a swimming pool crew. There's a fountain cleaning and maintaining crew. The landscaping crew is broke up into the lawn mowing crew and into the trimming and weeding crew. There is my annual painting crew that comes in because on 16,000 square foot home, by the time you paint it, it's like the Golden Gate Bridge. By the time they start painting one end of it, get to the other, it's time to start back over again. Same thing with my house. By the time you start at one end and fix the things that need to be fixed, it's a year later and everything else needs to be fixed again. It's what it costs to maintain something, not what it costs to obtain. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Right now, we're coming upon a great opportunity. It's that time in which you're going to find that the marketplace is changing and it is shifting to a buyer's market away from a seller's market. Number one, the brokers don't want you to know that. They're going to do everything they can do to keep you from believing the truth. Number two, the sellers don't want to believe it. Although in the back of their minds, they know it. Now, that doesn't mean everybody will crater for you. But some people are going to be in those situations where they have to negotiate for deals. And you've got to be there. Now, if you're not there, you won't get one. Join us for the free online workshop and we'll show you how to be in the right place at the right time in any market cycle. Register at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. That's LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're discussing this concept I came up with, why don't people do better in life? And as you've, if you've been following this, uh, I'm going to just give you a short recap of it. First of all, we came up with the conclusion that The problem in life is there's only enough time to do certain amount of things. And so the first part of this problem is you have to decide what it is you want to do. There's a gazillion different things you can consider being successful at. In other words, the the concept is that you could be great financially, you could be great physically, you could be great emotionally, you could be great sexually, you could be great uh, education-wise, you could be great at any 
number of things. Be a great pianist, a great guitar player. But the bottom line is, is that you can only be one or two or three things because you don't have enough time to be great at too many of them. And probably if you're going to be great, uh, you're only going to be great at one. And as you go into this, you have to understand that your choices become giant rocks around your neck, uh, which comes to the conclusion, the concept of you don't own things, things own you. So if you're going to be an athlete, it's going to consume you. If you're going to be a father-mother family-related relationship, it's going to consume your time. If you're going to be college-educated, professor-type person, that's going to consume your time. Things in life, the choices we make, consume our time and our money. And when they consume the time and the money, they take away the time and the money for other things. Now, since I teach financial freedom and really nothing else, people come to me when they finally figured out they need to deploy time. I got an email today of a guy who goes, look, I'm so happy, Dell. I'm not reading this. I'm just paraphrasing. I'm so happy you're still in business. I came to your seminar 25 years ago. At the time, I just didn't have the time to get started and make this happen. Now, I realize I have to make the time. Wow. There it is. 25 years ago, by now he could have been a multi-multi-millionaire. Then he'd have all the time in the world to do whatever it is he wanted to do. But back then he thought it was more important to do what he had to do than it was to make the millions to be able to then do what he had to do. I just chose differently. I felt if I can take two or three years of my life, right, and go out there and become a millionaire, then I'll have the rest of my life to live it the way I want. Bought my life back from corporate America because I saw that working 60, 80 hours a week was going to mean there was nothing else in my life, especially when you added being a bodybuilder on top of that, uh, which took up another large amount of time. So the bottom line was I chose to break the system before I picked what I want to do with my life. Once I got there, I realized that the choices were so diverse that you could start a thousand different projects, do a thousand different things, have a thousand different hobbies. And if you do that, then you're not going to be very good at any of them. And then you ask yourself and you deploy to yourself, how much joy is there in being X percentage good at something? Which brings me back to another one of my dad's sayings. Well, actually, this is a, a generalized statement from life that you hear everywhere. I can't remember the guy who actually quoted this the first time. But it's called the 80-20 rule. And the 80-20, and it might be the Pythagorean theory. Nah, I don't know. I don't. That's not it. Uh, the 80-20 theory, if anybody wants to text me and tell me what it is, that'd be great, is basically the concept that 20% of what we do creates 80% of the results in our life. And 80% of what we do creates almost nothing. So there's all that stuff you do every day. You get up in the morning and you take a shower and you brush your teeth. You cook some breakfast. You get in a car. You drive to work. You go to work. You produce a job, income. You come home. And what does that really produce for you? You know, where's the joy? Where's the excitement? Yeah, you did pay your bills. That's good. That's a good point. But what did you really accomplish? You're not Mr. Texas. You're not a pro baseball player, a pro football player, a pro basketball player. You don't have a yacht. 
You don't have 10 big giant cars in a, you know, 20,000 square foot mansion. You don't have five houses. You don't have any of that. But you spent 80% of your time doing something. And 80% of your time got you nothing. The other 20% of your time, whatever you like to do, that that's what you're good at. Right? And that's what you're good at. So what do you do with that 20% is the most important 20%. I took that 20% after working. Uh, I worked from 12, 9 in the morning to 9 at night in the health club business, 12 hours a day, 6 days a week. And I worked out another 2 hours a day um, as a bodybuilder. And so I took whatever amount of time left, 10%, 5%, whatever it was I had left, and I bought some real estate and started buying, continued to buy real estate until I was able to have enough cash flow to replace my personal income from my job. So I took the 20% and did something that changed my life forever, whereas the 80% was wasted. Everything I did back then, I never really looked back at it and be unhappy about it. I loved training people in the health club business. I loved selling memberships to the health clubs and getting people in shape. I loved bodybuilding. Those were all wonderful things. But they ate up my life. The little teeny bit of time that I spent being a bodybuilder created the great joy of winning contests. But the better I got, the more I had to do to be able to compete. The level gets higher. And the higher the level, the more you have to commit, which brings me to the next statement. And that is one that my dad told me when I was a little kid. He said, Dell, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. If it's not worth doing well, it's not worth doing at all. And you have to think that one through, because why do it if you don't do it right? Why do something wrong? And people do wrong stuff all the time. It doesn't make any sense. If it's worth doing at all, it's worth doing well. And then he tied that to another statement, another saying, where he said, Look, Dell, here's the way life works. Just show up to anything you're going to do, and you're going to be 75% successful said, show up and do your job at work. Show up and just go through the exercises. You're going to be 80% successful. You'd be better than 80% of the people out there because 75% of the people or less don't even show up. Think about what showing up means. You don't show up to the gym. You don't show up to a financial program. You don't show up to a relationship. You don't show up. 75% of winning is just show up, 5% more. 80% is just doing what you're supposed to do. You don't even have to do it right. You can do it wrong. I have employees that do... I don't have fire people like that. But I used to have employees when I worked for other people that wouldn't let you fire them that did it wrong. Yet they were considered okay employees because they showed up and tried to do their job. Now, if you show up and do your job well... You're now in the upper 90%. You're at upper 10% echelon of the world. And so we've taken a bunch of broken ideas and tried to hone them together, sew them together into, into some type of a um, mosaic that we can use to think through the process. Most things in life, you have to decide how much 
you want to be and how successful you want to be in them. At what level are you willing to pay the price based on the theory that you don't own things, things own you, and you don't own success, success owns you. And as soon as you lose success, it loses control of you, but you lose control of it. So I was talking about being a bodybuilder, and I I worked harder, I trained harder, I stayed on my diet longer, harder. And, And finally, I found that because there were people that were natural athletes, that I just could not beat um, because they were naturals and they were on steroids. And even though I outworked them and outtrained them and outdieted them because they were on steroids and they were just natural, they could do almost nothing and win. So I decided to try some steroids. And so I, I tried a little bit, took small amounts because I was afraid that it would kill me or hurt me or whatever because you don't know anything about them and nobody's going to really tell you it's kind of a secret thing And until I got to the national level. And then everybody worked hard, stayed on their diet, trained year-round. Everybody took steroids. But here was the difference. They took a lot more steroids. 10, 20, 50 times the amount that I was willing to even touch. But the point was they were willing to take that risk. And I looked at myself and I said, if a guy who is a natural is willing to work as hard as I am and willing to take more steroids than I do, then there's no way for me to beat him. I can't be number one. This is not what I was chosen to be in life. It made me step back in my early 30s when I stopped bodybuilding. And I also was retiring at the time. So now I had time on my hands, money in my pocket, and I could decide what I wanted to do. Very interesting. And I found myself doing public speaking and teaching. And I'm kind of divorced from my family for years. I hadn't seen anybody in my family for probably 20 years because my dad and mother divorced and my mother's side didn't even want to touch the father's side. And the father's side was way far away from where I was at, so I never had any contact. Then one time I got contact with him. What I found out was amazing. Three or four of the people in my family are teachers, professors, or university um, professors. And I thought, my God, what am I doing? I'm teaching. What do they do? They teach. What's natural for me to be a teacher? What should I be doing with my life? Being a teacher. If I do it well, will I get somewhere with it? I'm number one real estate training mentor in the country. Have anybody you know try to dispute that fact. I have 50,000 clients. I've been in business for 30 years. I have offices in four cities. I own four real estate companies. And we've done tens of thousands of apartment complex sales and hundreds of thousands of single-family sales. We're the best. And I don't even have to take steroids for that. (laughs) I don't have to go back and get any college education for that. I don't have to go out there and take any unfair advantages to win at something I'm good at. But yet, as I got here... And I'm financially successful. And I found the thing that I love to do and I'm good at naturally. I found I had time to look for a wife. And so I decided to work on the wife. And then I decided to try to work on the fitness again. And then the hobbies. And then there I was spinning plates. Almost died from cancer. Spin the plate. 
almost died from having my stomach operated on my intestines taken out, spin the plate. And I was back, and life had me. Physical fitness was almost gone. I had to work hard just to be healthy, to be normal. And I'm still not even normal. So now I realize that when you say, why don't you do better? That is really a rhetorical question. Better than what? Better than what you think is important or better than what I think is important? Better than what I am at one thing that you are another? And that's why when I started putting this program together today, I realized I had opened up a cannon of worms that I just couldn't work with. There is no better. What do you choose to do in life? That should be what you focus on. But life, the quality of life, I think in last-minute definition of this show is it's the quality of the choices you make. You can have anything in life you want, but you can't have everything. So if you don't make the right choices as to what's going to use your time up, you will not be happy. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.